Okay, happy Friday, Cuse fans. Welcome back to Locked on Syracuse. Thanks for listening. As always, it's Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki, as we are every single weekday on Locked on Syracuse. And you can find us on our Twitter page, at LO underscore Syracuse. Tyler, we had another winner on the Twitter game front this week. Oh, that was that was more than a winner, Tim. <laughs> we, the stars came out for the restaurants, okay? That, that was fun seeing... Really, the entire community get involved in that whole thing because we got some, we got a ton of responses. First of all, then on top of that, we got some good responses. We got some debates. Yeah. We got, I think, even some people were recounting a first date at like one of these places, and now they're married to those people. So, I mean, we got everything. It was, it was a great Yelp review on our Twitter account. Pretty yeah. much makes you miss those places a little bit right now, but. We'll get into that later. We will dive into kind of the results. Tyler, I knew you were hard at work with the research team over there, calculating the numbers, crunching the numbers, and we did get a lot of replies. So thanks for everyone that replied. That was fun to kind of interact through Twitter this week on a couple of those games. And we'll be continuing to do some of that stuff as we go along here in this quarantine. But I want to start today, Tyler, with this news that came out. I don't even really know how to phrase it. I guess one and done news because... Basically, the the big headline is the G League is now putting in a plan in place to kind of go after college basketball, and they're willing to pay 500k at times for players to come and skip college and go right to the G League. And we've seen this dabbled on a little bit. Obviously, Darius Baisley is close to some Syracuse fans' hearts, but Jalen Green, who is the top overall prospect, is now... In the, in the upcoming class is now saying I'm going to the G League even though I'm the number one guy and I could basically go anywhere and I probably would have gone to Memphis he said I am skipping all that and I'm going to the G League and it just makes you wonder about our good friend Dior Johnson and really just the state of college basketball going forward so the way that I kind of interpreted all of this is I'm not in overreaction mode quite yet because, again, however things work out, the NCAA is going to find a way to adapt. There is too much money involved where you you can't adapt, all right? They are going to find a way to keep up with, with the Johnsons here, okay? Now, there's a couple of misnomers out there. A lot of people are saying, oh, the NCAA is holding these kids prisoner. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually the NBA, that, in a sense, that are holding these kids prisoner, and in a way, too, these this has always been an option on the table. Yeah. We just haven't seen a lot of kids do it. And even in the case of Darius Baisley, he didn't follow all the way through with it. Now, I think it'll be different with Jalen Green. When you're talking about five hundred grand on the table, that's a lot. I mean, even what Darius Baisley was going to make, I think he was going to make like, what, 25 to 30 grand? And now that doesn't sound a lot to the average American, 25 to 30 grand for for a couple uh, or almost a year of work there. But for a 17, 18 year old kid, it's a lot. tell them 25, 30 grand. That sounds like a million dollars. OK, that, I mean, once you start getting into the thousands, that that starts to sound more and more like hundreds of thousands to these kids. And now when you're throwing 500,000, we're talking about Jalen Green. He's going to be a, a millionaire before the age of 18. Like, that's just how this is going to pan yeah. out for him. Between Because, yes, the salary is awesome. All right? 500 grand. Ton of money right there. But 
that kind of gets dwarfed by what he's going to make in endorsements and, and all of these other business opportunities that come as a part of it. He can still go back to school if he want because guess what? The NBA is going to pay for it. So, yes, I think the NBA or the NCAA is going to adapt at a certain point because they're going to have to if they want to keep their their brand alive. Now, even if they don't fully adapt, they're still going to be an NCAA. They're still going to be college basketball. All right. Oh, of the, course. Yeah. Th- th- this isn't dying out. Okay. People wanted to to kill the NCAA after Darius Baisley left. Guess what? We still had Zion Williamson. People wanted to to kill the NCAA after Brandon Jennings bolted early. Guess what? There are still countless amazing pros or and college athletes that came after him. So, I mean, think about the Kentucky guys like John Wall, Anthony Davis. There were still these mega stars in college sports, even though they did. There were ways that kids were starting to find out the loopholes in how to make money off of the playing basketball. 500K does make this feel a little bit more real, though. I, I, I do think it feel does. Like... But 500K is probably that. That's the G League going out there and saying, "All right, boom, offers on the table." Guess what? Not everyone's getting 500K. Okay. No. 500K is probably the peak of this of the offers that we're going to see. Now, if it leads to more and more success, maybe it brings in more and more G League revenue, then maybe the stakes get get higher and higher. But guess what? Player two is not making 500K. Okay? You're right. They're just not. Yeah, and I laughed a little bit when I saw that Jalen Green said it would have been Memphis because I'm just thinking in my head that you know Memphis gave him a number, and you know they're paying players <laughs> down there with Penny Hardaway. So clearly he juxtapose that offer with what the G League offer is and by all accounts if you're a player I think this is good for sort of player empowerment and Darius Baisley was pretty open and honest about his thinking in this he just didn't really want to go to school he wanted to just play basketball right and like a lot of kids are going to get behind that mindset because if Jalen Green all, all you really need is someone to be very successful I think Brandon Jennings was relatively successful there hasn't been a ton of success going this route but if there are some bigger names that are more sure things like a Jalen Green seems to be because we're talking about a guy that maybe would be the number one overall pick in the draft and this is what he's doing he's the top rated recruit in this class so you know when you look at it from a Syracuse lens and you bring in Dior Johnson he did retweet what Evan Daniels tweeted out when he said that G League is going to start to sort of pay these players more. And when that news kind of broke, again, this is just us presenting the facts. Like, we got into this whole discussion when I was tweeting for Orange Fizz about Dior Johnson taking stuff down from his bio, and that led to that whole thing. And, you know, it was kind of a funny moment, but. This is just us saying he retweeted this. Like, take that for what you want. I think we've always been a little skeptical that this could be the path that Dior Dior goes down. And I never felt like it was a negative. I mean, I, I don't blame him if that's the direction he goes here. And I don't really know if that retweet changed my thinking in that all that much. Yeah, the door was already ajar. And now the NBA and the G League have blown that thing full open because... Whether Syracuse likes it or not, there is going to be a number on the table for Dior Johnson 
if there even needs to be a number on the table. I mean, we may be at a point eventually where it doesn't matter and he can just throw his name into the draft. Now, I do think people overhype this whole notion of, oh, well, if the NBA lowers its draft age, then everyone's going to throw their name in. No, that's not necessarily true. I mean, think about the history of the NBA, okay? And I, I did a little number crunching before. 45 guys have gone from high school to the pros, ever. 45. That's not very many, okay? Um, that's not even a full draft's worth of guys. That's a round and a half right there. So take that for what it is. But there will be some sort of number on the table for Dior Johnson, whether it's the G League, whether it's some overseas team that wants him. And it's ultimately going to come down to the NCAA saying, okay, you can profit off of your name, image, and likeness. Okay, you can do autograph signings. You can do commercials for this, that, and the other company. So... That, that's where this whole thing lies now. Is the NCAA going to pony up? And I fully believe they will. They're going to have to, in a sense, if they want to continue to bring in the same amount of revenue that they have been. And the thing that's always been craziest to me in this whole debate is it doesn't cost the NCAA a dime. Yeah. It's not like they're the ones paying for any of this. I no, also it, don't get why is the NCAA kind of putting this on halt? Like, we're still doing – like, you can still talk to people – you can still hop on yeah. a Zoom conference and get to the bottom of this. And this is making it more urgent on the NCAA. I'd like to see them not change their philosophy in terms of the timetable of getting to that name, image, and likeness. Right. No, I mean, it's going to happen. And, and yeah. there's bigger issues in the world right now, so I'm, I'm sure. not necessarily concerned with with everything and what the whole timetable of things is. But by the end of the day... At, or at the end of the day, rather, we're gonna see the we're gonna see a major change in college sports in some degree. It's going to have to sort of shift to a more player potent league. If it if it likes its bottom line now, they're gonna have to do that right. because it's not gonna stay the same way necessarily. Now, I don't view the G League as this mega threat to college basketball. I I, I just simply don't. College basketball is always going to have the legends, the the rivalries, the coaches, the figureheads, whereas the G League is kind of starting from scratch. I mean, you look at some of the players in the G League, and it's just college all-star games over and over again, but no one watches G League games. I mean, have you watched a G League game? No. Ever. Exactly. Maybe bits and pieces, so, but not right. really. It, I, have never, I have never taken my remote and changed the channel to turn on a G League game. And I don't no. think that's going to change. Even with Jalen Green going to the G League, I would not have changed the channel to, to do that. Now, maybe every once in a while we might see something like Zion Williamson. Maybe this would have happened with him. But, I mean, you see all the things that Zion says about the college experience. And if there are kids that talk to Zion about something like this, Zion might tell them, go to college for yeah. a year. You want to Especially come back. if you can... Right, yeah, especially if you can profit off your your image and, and make some cash that way because that changes everything. Yeah. And if with a guy like Zion, like, again, there, there's, there really only is one Zion. I mean, I, <laughs> I've seen in my lifetime the, the generational youth superstar, it's him and it's LeBron James, at least in basketball. That's who it is for me. And... Those are the only two guys that I think could have really, that could have carried a league. Like Zion carried college basketball. 
LeBron kind of took the torch and and got the NBA through the the post Jordan. I mean Kobe, so Giannis, like Kobe for a little bit. I mean they were bridges. Yeah. I feel like, but LeBron brought it to another level. Now th- this whole thing, I mean, I I, I don't think it's going to change much in the grant now. The NCAA is going to have to make some changes, but I don't think the the overall there's not going to be a dilution in product. You might lose five to seven kids a year to this, I would guess. Yeah, because and and maybe I'm fully wrong on that. I don't know. I'm just it's basing this off territory. of <laughs> right. I'm there is no number out there, but at the end of the day, the only way this works is if there's an independent G League team, which it appears there is going to be with Jalen Green, and and I think there's a couple other players that are going to be joining him as well on that. But I I, I don't see a scenario where co- this is a doomsday situation for college basketball. It's just not. Yeah, I agree with you for the most part. So anyway, a week from today, shifting gears now, is the NFL draft. That's actually coming up before you know it here. One thing to look forward to on the sports calendar, and we'll get you ready for the Syracuse side of things in terms of the NFL draft. There are four guys that are in contention to get drafted this year for Syracuse. We'll tell you where they sit kind of on these mock drafts right now and get you ready for the NFL draft next on Locked on Syracuse. Okay, so if you're listening to this on Friday, we're now under a week until the NFL draft, which is... Good to know, because I'm excited for the NFL Draft. And our friends over at Locked On NFL Draft, the Draft Dudes podcast, they've been doing tons of mock draft specials, so be sure to check that out on the Locked On Podcast Network. But sticking on the Syracuse side of things, Ty, there are four guys kind of in discussion this year for SU. And, you know, a couple guys I think are going to get drafted, we can say confidently. I'd say Tristan Jackson, Alton Robinson, are right around the fifth, sixth round range, depending on where you look. The other two guys, Sterling Hoffrichter and Kendall Coleman, are in the conversations. And we talked with Sterling Hoffrichter. If you missed that podcast, go back and find it wherever you get your podcast. We had a good chat with him on kind of how he's preparing for the NFL draft and a whole bunch of other stuff. But it does feel like this is a pretty solid year, Syracuse football-wise. It's good to see that there's four guys in the discussion. Right, and... I mean, we we were going through a couple years, a couple years back now, where there was really no one in the discussion. Maybe there was a guy you were thinking, "Oh, does he get into the seventh round or what happens?" But I mean, there there's a couple legitimate prospects here. Now, when you look at starting with Tristan Jackson, again, none, none of these guys are going to be first day picks. Probably not even going to see a second day pick out of these guys. But yeah, when you get to that third day, it's kind of anyone's on the table. It ends it ends up being who who, who fits the needs of some of these teams wherever they end up drafting. Sure. It's I mean just the flow of everything as well, how well you interviewed uh, and then maybe there's a team that was just super high on you too. That was higher on you than than other teams were. And then you end up getting a, a guy that who's high on your board and maybe not everyone else's board that's just kind of how it, it all shakes out on, on that Saturday of the draft so I mean Tristan Jackson I think I've seen a lot of his name pop up in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of people think that he could be a really good pro just based yeah. on um, his his skill set his build and all that stuff so 
I think that that he's certainly one of the intriguing ones. And then Alton Robinson, too, off the edge. And then even a guy like Kendall Coleman. I mean, you saw Robert Mathis of the Indianapolis Colts. He's been training with him in Kendall's hometown of Indianapolis. And he says this guy could be one of the steals of the draft. So mm-hmm. all of this all of this stuff can can factor in. What what type of uh, endorsements are you getting from different people? Like we know Chris Carter's in the corner of Tristan Jackson. Is he going to be pitching him to teams? We don't know. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Sterling, well, he might not get drafted. I feel like he's the surest thing of this bunch. And I don't know, maybe yeah. that's a little weird saying that because, again, he's listed as the sixth best punter in this class on the athletic but i don't really agree with that i mean maybe they're just reading into the dome stuff and we can kind of get into we're gonna do some like player by player profiles all throughout next week to kind of get you really up to speed with what scouts are saying about these players and just from a pro perspective i think alton probably has the highest ceiling and honestly i think if you did some mock drafts last year around this time Alton was around the second, third round range, and I really think he's got the pro build, 6'4", edge rusher. Syracuse has had some success at the edge rusher position, and obviously he kind of has a lot of things going for him, so he's kind of slipped a little bit to get to the fifth round. But Hoffreter, knowing Riley Dixon was successful, I think a team would be dumb to not take a chance on him, given he had better stats than Riley Dixon, as we kind of talked about on that podcast with him. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a... I mean, teams aren't passing on Sterling Hoffrichter. Yeah. It's just his draft stock is more of a product of his position. Like, I how agree. many kickers, punters, long snappers do you see a year that are drafted? It's very, very low. You can count it on, on one, sometimes two hands. So that that's the the whole thing with the punters. So, but, but I, again... Sterling Hoffrichter has the best chance of any of these guys to be a starter on day one of the NFL season, whenever that NFL season may be. And I don't think there's there's really any dispute about that because, again, a lot of these guys are going to have to do a little bit of, of catching up, and we don't know what the OTA situation is going to be. Will there be training camp and all that stuff when the season's going to start? So that's a whole nother wrinkle into all of this but Hoffrichter definitely is the surest thing to to be a starter on a team right away or at least as a rookie and I, I think he he does get picked up and I mean he even alluded to the the dome teams have reached out to him and he's been in hefty contact with them so I mean say what you want about the dome but there are NFL teams that do play at least eight games a year in a dome uh, so yeah it, it still works for, for Hoffrichter. And it's not like he doesn't kick outside. I mean, he kicks outside in practice. He kicks outside when he goes on the road. So I, I don't I don't see – maybe the Dome's playing a little bit of a factor into it, but I don't think in the grand scheme of things that should be the, the deterrent for teams bypassing him. I agree. It's good to see them get some more guys in the discussion, though, because I was looking back, Chris Slayton yeah. was drafted last year very late seventh round Zaire Franklin the year before that in 2018 was seventh round and then you have to go back to Riley Dixon in terms of guys that were drafted to come from Syracuse in 2016 so if they could get two maybe even three guys drafted this year it'd be the first time since 2013 where they had three guys drafted in one year and say what you want but that 
goes there's a trickle down effect there to recruiting and everything. If you get a guy right. like Tristan Jackson at a skill position who came through Dino's system to have success at the NFL level, and then you can market that to a wide receiver and say, hey, look at where Tristan Jackson has gone, and that just adds a lot of value to your recruiting pitch. And think about this too. I mean, when you look at guys like Tristan and Alton, what do they have in common? They're both transfers. And yeah. Dino's pitch, especially in the case of Tristan, is okay, look what he did in one year. And right. boom, he, he like was Amba. drafted. Yeah, I think you and I were both kind of taken aback when we heard that Tristan was throwing his name in to the draft. But then you, you start to think about it. It makes sense. Like he, He's old. He had a much too. better year than people think. I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking at the stat line now, and I'm kind of taken aback. He had over 1,000 yards to go along right. with 11 touchdowns. And if you look at DeVito's stats, you'll be taken aback too. Like, they were yeah. pretty solid, all things considered. Right. It's weird. And, and that's all while playing behind a very suspect offensive line as sure. well. So yeah. you, you got to take all of that into consideration. And I think the, the NFL teams are definitely doing their homework on more of the intricacies like that as well. So... I, I think that's certainly going to play a factor. But if Dino can go out and, and land some of these bigger transfers, because, again, we see it happen all the time, and I know we've really harped on it on the basketball side on this show, but it's going to play a factor on the football side of things as well if these players can just essentially become free agents at certain points in their career and not have to sit out a year. Because that that if that's the case, then you've got a real – a real sticking thing for you here that, Hey, we've taken transfers and we've actually put them in the NFL the next year. Right. So that that's something that you can sell some of these high level transfers on. All right. Time to have some fun. Now we're going to go back through that pick three game that we put out the Syracuse food edition one, where you put out nine restaurants. You had to pick three. Tyler has got the full results from that. We will give them to you next and go over what our picks are for the three restaurants that we would keep in the Syracuse area. That's next. Okay, time to check out the Pick 3 Twitter game. If you missed it, go to our Twitter page at LO underscore Syracuse, Locked on Syracuse Twitter page. We did a couple Pick 3s this week. The second one, which we're going to talk about now, Syracuse Restaurant, Syracuse Food Edition. Tyler, I was the responsible one for picking these, which I will say was tough, and I know people wrote in that there were some omissions from the list, but it's a tough job. I mean, you, you it can is only tough. pick nine here. I, I will and... say, um, there. I'll go through uh, the list after, but there, I'll because I was keeping track when I was going through the responses of some of the ones that people wanted on there. Okay, yeah. I saw a couple for hides, which... I was close to putting hides, but it's technically in Liverpool, and I thought that was kind of like my tiebreaker there. But the nine okay. I put just that's fair. Just yeah, just to rattle them off, and you can go to our Twitter page and check them out. Get it in front of you if you'd like. It's Mother's Cupboard, Stella's Diner, Tully's, Mom's on Westcott, Dinosaur Barbecue, Possibilities, The Varsity, not just Varsity, The Varsity, mm-hmm. Francesca's, and Funkin' Waffles. So nine pretty big staples there. Obviously, dinosaur and possibilities were no-brainers. But you have all the results, Tyler. I'm eager to hear because we got a lot of responses. So who's the first-place vote-getter there? So we had about 230 responses on this. And it was a – actually, I didn't think there was going to be a runaway 
on this for the the most picked place, but there was indeed a runaway. It is Dinosaur Barbecue with 162 yeah. responses. Number two wow. is Tully's with 121. Possibilities with 102. Those are the three in the triple digits club. Then after that, and I'm just kind of eyeballing this here, it goes Varsity, then Stella's, Francesca's, Mother's Cupboard, Funkin' Waffles, and Mom's. Okay. About how I thought it would stack up. How many did Varsity yeah. get? Just curious. Varsity was knocking on the door. They were at 96. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. So... so we can give our list, I guess, and Listen, we got the stars a lot of... came out for this. Yeah, the you, stars well, did come out. It let, was. Let's it just was go great. through their responses first, okay? Yeah. Because we're secondary here. Um, <laughs> I think I'm trying to think of who got this thing going. I think I'd it may Elijah, have been Elijah. You think really? Elijah got it going? Okay, so Elijah Somewhat. Hughes responded. He says possibilities, possibilities, and possibilities. So boom, and that's that's the way I did it in a sense too. If you said possibilities three times. I gave it three votes, okay? Okay. So, Elijah Hughes helping out That's the possibilities fair. cause there. Sean Belby, was, uh, who, who was uh, a basketball player for Syracuse, he says, so easy, moms, varsity, and possibilities, not up for debate. I will say this. The athletes loved moms. Even though moms yeah. came in last, it, it, was, it was very popular amongst the athletes. Malachi um, had moms, ma- too. Yeah, Malachi Richardson got in on the action. Let me find his responses here as I, I'm scrolling through. He said uh, varsity, moms, and dinosaur. And dinosaur, yeah. yeah. So those are three quality choices. Zach Mahoney says mother's covered, possibilities, Francesca's. He he gave us a little love for uh, possibilities and Francesca's when he had him on the podcast. Yeah, big Italian uh, guy. Yeah, uh, Justin Knight, the, the all-world um cross-country runner and track runner for Syracuse he had uh let's see he oh he was actually going back and forth with Zach Mahoney and saying like you can't have two Italian restaurants you gotta put Dino in for one of them Mm -hmm. um but then Mahoney said he'd actually put Varsity in before he picked Dino so that I thought that was interesting um Zaire Franklin chiming in he says possibilities Funkin' Waffles and then either Varsity or Stella's for his third Irv Phillips says Funkin' Waffles, Possibilities, Mother's Cupboard. Jamie Bayheim chimed in and agreed with one of her friends on her three picks of Possibilities, Dino Barbecue, and Tully's, which was a very popular trio. And yes. I guess that makes sense because they were the three leading, leading vote-getters, but they were very popular bunched together. So I thought that right. was interesting. Uh, what Have you been to all nine of these? I have not. Um, I've okay, never so where been have you to Mother's been? Cupboard. Same with me. Yeah. that That's the only one I have not been to of the night. Right. Funkin' Waffles, I never went to while it was on Marshall Street because I'm just too young. But I have been to it several times downtown. Okay. And it is very, very good. Now, all these places I really like, clearly. I will say, actually, Stella's is a little bit overrated. That's kind of my hot take. Yeah. I'm with you there. My my favorite okay. thing when I was going through the responses on this was everyone who would step up to the plate and go, easy, not up for debate. It's like I can see them licking their lips, tucking their napkin in their shirt, and like <laughs> rubbing their hands together, getting ready for a meal, to, and then boom, and, and they're getting into their pick. So I really liked that. Uh, what were your three? Yeah, my three were the three leading vote-getters, Dinosaur, Tully's, Possibilities. Okay. Now – 
I would say Tully's to me, if I could have one meal in Syracuse and I'm only there for one night, like the other week I actually drove in and out of the Syracuse area because I had to grab some things and was kind of getting ready to lock down here with my family in North Carolina. So I went in one night and I got Tully's to go. And I think okay. even if it was still open, that would be my philosophy because I've never really been to Tully's. That place is so big. Like the one on Erie Boulevard, mm-hmm. you can go in there and get a table without much of a wait. And it's like there's always open seating. Now, obviously, the nice really, I have waited there a number of times. I will say that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I just get lucky, but I usually go there kind of a little bit after the dinner hour and never have any problems. The tenders are unreal. I think our buddy James Zuba, he was one of our respondees, and he was saying, like, I, I love Tully's tenders as much as the next guy, but I never feel good after them. I agree, <laughs> t- totally. But I still would would sign up for it any day when I'm in Syracuse. And Dinosaur Impossibilities, to me, those are like, if someone that I don't, someone that I know is going to Syracuse for the first time and they ask, I'm probably recommending those two places for like a nice night out type of dinner. Okay, so I'm going a little, we've got two of the same. I've got Tully's, Dinosaur, and Varsity. Here's why I'm leaving off possibilities, okay? And man, I'm surprised. no, No disrespect to possibilities, but my whole thing is, is the juice worth the squeeze, all right? Is the sauce and the food worth the wait? Because you go to Possibilities. You mentioned Tully's, how you you get through every single time. If you go to Possibilities, you are waiting at least 45 minutes. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And is that 45-minute wait worth it? For me, it's not worth it. Give me my humdinger at Varsity. That's my go-to every single time. Oh, so good. But if I had to go and actually rank these, Dinosaur, no doubt, is my number one on this i mean it, th- you mentioned if you're driving into syracuse for a night and you have to pick one spot i'm going to dinosaur barbecue no doubt yeah can i say too the what, what's on lizard your... over yeah. dinosaur take that's kind of like the the hipster take the yeah that's i i want to make a hot take so here's my hot it's like a it's a hot take that's become a consensus take essentially i'm yeah. so out on that i, I just think dinosaur trying... When people yeah. zig, they are trying to zag, okay? Right. And it's in a class I will of say its this, own dinosaur. I think that's more of a local take. You won't find I a know. student with that take. Yeah, well, okay. People are going to bash me for the Stella's thing and that take. And I did love how some people were responding and saying, you can tell who's SU and who's just Syracuse yeah. <laughs> and some right. of these. Because, you know, varsity, is it that good? Maybe not. But it's like a staple when you go to games. It's the atmosphere. It's the variety on the menu. It's the easiness to walk in and out when you're a student there at Marshall Street and get some food, get some pizza. Yeah. You the can banners. go there multiple times in a week. Yeah, it's it's the tradition more than anything. Right. Yeah, um, like that's no, where it, Jim Beheim took John too. Rothstein for right, a reason. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the the wing sauce there is off the charts as well i mean you won't find better wing sauce i think than, than the varsity at least i haven't found better wing sauce than, uh, than the varsity um i do have a take and some of and i guess this kind of applies to you too neither of us picked a breakfast spot you know what i hate breakfast i yeah i hate breakfast <laughs> i <laughs> i don't eat it at home i don't eat it even when i'm not at home i i just don't like breakfast i i refuse to and listen 
now I have had breakfast before, like obviously, and I have had two of these I'd places hope. on here. Um, I've had Stella's and I've had Mom's. They're they're good. They're so, I actually was not a fan of Stella's, um, but yeah, they're but solid. Yeah. But it's just not worth my time. When when I wake up in the morning, I don't want something dry. All right, every single breakfast food pretty much is dry, right? Yeah. Get, I I don't want that. I I just just get me into my day. All right. I'm better. Off, I I just skip the meal altogether. It's not like I have two lunches. I just right. skip the meal altogether. So I I'm totally with you there. If I'm going to spend on food, I'm going to make it dinner or lunch. And right. I'm pretty surprised you you're out on putting possibilities though. Do you? Do no, I need to not, remind it's you? It's not worth my weight. Yeah. Do I need to remind you about that one time we had that uh, beautiful day in Syracuse? Yeah, like, but I think it was okay. Like I was just going to bring that up. Did yeah. we wait? No. We were the only ones in the restaurant. Yeah, it's true. It was a good time to go in. But those, it, I mean, it was Buffalo a lunch meatballs? hour thing. Yeah, it was really good. Listen, it yeah. was good, but I'm not waiting. All right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to wait for for greatness, essentially. No, I think quality uh, I mean, of food, it's better than dinosaur. Yeah, but I think it also tries to be better than dinosaur too, right? True. It it, it <laughs> tries to be better. Like it, it's got this, not like elitist feel to it, but it's like a fancier restaurant than dinosaur, for sure. Yeah. Um, we did have a a the the Syracuse.com food critic chime in, uh, Jacob Pucci. He says the possibilities versus Francesca's matchup, one of them needs to be top three, by the way, is a fascinating debate. So glad yeah. to see that the real food critics are getting in on the discussion as well. <laughs> I actually, I think I like Francesca's more than possibilities. Huh, really? Yeah. That tomato oil, man. I mean, talk about a great way to start the meal. Yeah. Kind of like Tully's popcorn a little bit. <laughs> Although that might be kind of overrated. Uh <laughs> I mean, popcorn's popcorn. It's gonna be good as long as it's not stale. You want to yeah. hear some of the Sometimes the ones it that is people stale, are... though? I will say we <laughs> let's let me go through some of the ones that people are clamoring yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, eggplant, which is actually my favorite Syracuse breakfast spot. In, in the yeah. rare times that I did eat breakfast, I would go to Eggplant. Um, Gem Diner, also another solid breakfast spot. Never um, been there. Gem Diner is, is solid. Um, Angatis. So another Italian spot. Hides, which you kind of already mentioned. Hides was the most popular qualm yeah. amongst the people. And I'll um, say, I'll go on record. Hides was number 10. I was, I'll put it bluntly. So they were on the boat. Hides and Funkin' Waffles for that yeah. last spot. Hey, there's, there's something to be said about the restaurant that is on the bubble for any Syracuse debate like this. So, yeah. Uh, shout out Hides. Um, Alto Cinco, another one that was put on there that people Very were asking good. for. Blarney Stone, which is my favorite burger in Syracuse. Blarney yes. Stone. Now it's cash only, so if you are going, make sure you hit the ATM beforehand. Um, that's a, a little PSA for you. But Blarney Stone is one of my favorites, and actually, I'm almost, I'm a little concerned that you didn't put it on there. Um, yeah, if it was, I think our feel like that's more list. of a hidden gem, though. Exactly. Right. That was like my all thinking. of these are are spots. These are all spots. Everyone's heard of these places. Blarney yeah. Stone's a hidden gem. All right. Like that's so that three-star recruit happened. that becomes a, a stud, like Andre Cisco. Yeah, it's Andre Cisco. I was gonna say if if I put Blarney Stone over, let's just say Stella's, maybe I wouldn't have done that. Stella's then the breakfast. Much in. No, then the breakfast crowd comes in. Oh, I guess Funkin' Waffles is technically a breakfast place too, but it's more than that. Yeah, um, I think of that as nighttime almost too, with the band and stuff. Uh, but 
then people are like, what the heck, Blarney Stone? Like, why is this play? And yeah, we no, would have gotten tons of those. So I think that's fair, yeah. Um, yeah. Modern Malt is another one that's on ah, here. That's good, too, yeah. That one, that one, in Syracuse. That, that one holds a, a special place in my heart because that is the first restaurant I ever went to in Syracuse, wow. uh, Modern Malt. Let's see, what else? Um, Fagan's people wanted on there. I guess Fagan's is more of like the bar atmosphere. I know some people do really like their food as well, and they do have good food, but yeah. I don't think it's it's you can't quite put the same as these other and places. Fagan's. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, kind of what put... I thought too with uh, Alto Cinco. I already put Mom's. It's like right there, you know. Yeah, that's fair. I guess in that case though, they're technically different restaurants. In totally. A sense. Yeah. So, uh, Fagan's was on there. Let's see. Baldwinsville Diner. I, I get why you left that off, just because it's it's the same thing as Hyde's. Like it's it's not technically in Syracuse. We've got yeah. uh, people were clamoring for Brooklyn Pickle. Good little sandwich spot that. right there. Pretty good stuff. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, the, these results are not scientific, okay? But they are definitely no. official in our eyes because it makes we conducted for fun the polls. Discussion. N was greater than twenty. And we, we're going to take these as official. Yeah. Uh, so Dinosaur wins. The overwhelming favorite. Yeah, yeah. Runaway. Runaway. I mean, more than expected. 40 40 votes more than the next than the next wow. culprit. So. Yeah. And go, Tully's go support was your, two, right? Tully's was two. Yeah, it went Dino, Tully's, Possibilities. So go support your local restaurants. Order some takeout from this. I hope that's kind Seriously. of the message people got from this is, is go out and support some of these local businesses because, I mean, again, we, we listed off nine things right here, and there were so many people in the comments that were saying, wow, this is hard. Like, I can't believe how, yeah. how difficult this is going to be to actually pick. And listen, local restaurants are kind of the lifeblood of our stomachs. So... Go out and support them while you can because they, they need all the help they can get during these times. Right. And I would say your possibilities critique, well, now's kind of a good time to go to possibilities in the sense. I guess, yeah. you can order the takeout and just get the good side of possibilities. So, that is true. Anyway, that is true. Dinosaur went in as the favorite, and they claimed the top spot. We'll uh, keep doing these Twitter games throughout this quarantine. It makes for a really fun discussion, and we'll kind of give you the results on our podcast if you're interested. So, Keep checking and us Justin out. Justin Knight at, has said yeah. that he he will come on the podcast to discuss. He did, yes. yeah. So I, look out I hope for that. We can get get him on and maybe Zach Mahoney too. Just you know, because they, they were, were going yeah back they were duking forth. it out over the the whole Dino thing. And I'm right. on Team Justin. Yeah, I'm on Team Justin there too. There's no reason if you're going at it from like I'm just keeping three of these for the rest of my life. There's no reason to have two Italian. But if you're just saying your top three, maybe, you know, you could you could include Francesca's then. But anyway, we could talk about this forever. It was really fun. Appreciate all the responses. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And we will be back next week with some more NFL draft coverage, getting you set for all the Syracuse players, full player profiles on what the scouts are saying about them, some of our favorite memories from those four guys. They're in the discussion to get drafted for Syracuse. And also, we're going to kind of look back at some of the better moments of the season for Syracuse basketball and Syracuse football, just Syracuse athletics as a whole. We'll kind of go through all that as we are Monday through Friday next week, every single weekday on Locked on Syracuse. Thanks for listening, as always. For Tyler, I'm Tim, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.